0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is... What is today? What is today? I was traveling. I could not get this out on Thursday like I wanted. Is it late Friday, early Saturday? One of those. October October 8th, if you want to call it, uh, technically. But uh, you guys are listening to episode 275. How the hell is everybody out there? I hope everybody is doing well um, 25 episodes away from 300, guys, I never thought in a million years when I started doing TVE in December of, what, 2010, uh, that I would be, uh, here now doing my 275th episode, um, and have people from all over the world, Croatia, New Zealand, Japan, Australia, um, you know, so many different places, Croatia, uh, Germany, you know, Canada, you know, just so many different places, the UK, uh, it's amazing, so, um, thank you guys so much for listening, and, uh, people are already giving me suggestions about what to do for 300, uh, some suggestions are better than others, one intrigues me very much, so, uh, I'll think about doing that, but I can tell you one thing, 300 will be like no other episode on this, um, you know, not just have special guests, but, you know, it's it's going to be a really good one. It might even be a live one, um, and there'll probably be a celebration or something like that, um, so I will keep you guys posted on that, let you guys know what I'm doing with that, but you guys are listening to um, 25 away <laughs> from 300, 275, and I have a great show for you guys today, again, um, traveling, and uh, with all kinds of weather Going on, uh, my trip got cut short and uh, was not really able to with changing flights and going back to airports. wasn't able to settle in um, and get the podcast done. But you will have it this weekend, so um, I'm getting it out to you now. Uh, the good news about that is I have so much stuff to talk about on this show, so this might be a little longer. Um, I don't know; depends how it goes when I, you know, try to get it all in, but. Um, a couple of movies or shows I have to talk about. Definitely um, wanted to talk about, um, you know, some stuff in sports. I have some stuff with the tour coming up that I want to talk about. Um, You know, I have a couple of unacceptables, your guys' unacceptables, so just a a slew. A lot of times people, or I say, or people who have a show, got a great episode for you today, got a lot of stuff to talk about, and you're like, really, do you have a lot of stuff to talk about because there's only so much time and there's only so many segments, so what can you really have? No, this time, I actually do have a lot of stuff to talk about, um, interesting stuff, and um, I can't wait to give it to you guys, so sit back, relax, wherever you may be at your cubicle, at home, smoking a stick, in the car, okay? You just got into a fight with your significant other, and you're in the car, and you're like, I'm going to drive around and listen to Versey bullshit, listen to some people's unacceptables, listen to his unacceptable, and then I'll feel better. Well, that's what you're going to do for this show, so sit back and relax. But first, of course, before we get into the show, got to shout out the sponsors. The Verzi Effect podcast is sponsored by City Living Dog, citylivingdog.com, and Coach Mike, go to citylivingdog.com. Check out what Coach Mike does He's one of the best dog trainers that there is out there um, You know, we were actually talking about We were actually talking about a pit bull that was said uh, That was told that we were told couldn't be fixed Even a trainer was like, it's a killer It's a silent killer, it'll kill another dog And I was thinking of Coach Mike I'm like, ah, you know what, let this guy see it first But um, you should check out Coach Mike's um, You know, Facebook, YouTube you know, Instagram, he's got all social media, so check out City Living Dog social media across the board, check out what he does, if you have a dog, if, uh, you know, you just want to see what this guy does and get intrigued, watch what he does, because he's the best, and tell him that uh, the Verzi Effect and Paul Verzi sent you, that's Coach Mike, out there in the New England area, one of the best dog trainers there is, he just has the patience for it, he knows how to make the dog what, you know, what the family wants and needs, like, he's the type of guy that, when you look for a dog, what you could also do is, if you save the Verzi effect and Paul Verzi sent you over and you talk to him and, uh, you know, it's a good rapport and you, you like what's going on and you're in that area, you know, he could help you with even picking a dog. Like, that's how good this guy is. So, check out citylivingdog.com and Coach Mike. Also, drink more good. What drink more good is, is drink more good are um, organic syrups, okay, with no artificial anything in there. There's no none of those awful awful ingredients in there, it's just organic syrups that you put in your seltzer, okay, and they have all kinds of flavors, organic citrus, uh, ginger ale, Um, you could go to uh, drinkmoregood.com and you could see, you know, what they do, they have a, um, if you go to drinkmoregood.com, you could see that their main office is in Beacon, New York, and um, these syrups are the best, you can go how you want to go, it's an amazing, healthy substitute soda, basically, so if you have a strong, like if you like strong soda, like a straight-up Coke, no diet, just straight-up Coke, they'll have a, you know, you could you could go how you want. You put more syrup in if you want stronger or a little less if you just want the seltzer with a little taste. Awesome, healthy. Um, these guys also work with generosity.org and they help, you know, water wells, fill water wells across Uganda and um, Ghana and just all over the place. These guys are really doing the right thing and they have a great healthy product. So you guys should check that out. I know you guys know me. I love the seltzer. I love the flavored seltzer and these guys have an amazing product. So please, and you can go to Good Maker for your code to put in the code Good Maker and you'll get 20% off and tell them that TVE and Paul Verzi sent you. That is drink more good you could even use their syrups for, like, marinades to cook. You can use them for cocktails when you, you know, if you want to, you know, having having some people over, you got some booze, use it uh, for mixers and stuff like that, all of that stuff. Okay, so drinkmoregood.com, check them out. And also, All Things Comedy. Go to allthingscomedy.com for your favorite podcasts, like The Verzi Effect. Uh, you can get albums on there, like Paul Verzi, Night at the Stand. Um, so they just have... Uh, amazing, amazing! They got Ari Shafir on there. They got they got Lawhead on there. They got Bert Kreischer on there. Of course, Bill Burr is on there. They got—I mean—the the list just goes on and on and on with your favorite podcasts and um, and albums. My buddy Giannis Pappas, you know, he just put his album there. Let me be Giannis, uh, which is awesome, and the album is crushing it and doing well. Uh, he's on the same label as well, so check that out. And um, all right, well, let's get into the show. I was just back from uh, Atlanta, so. For you people that know or or don't know, uh, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you probably do know that me, uh, Joe Bartnick, Bill Burr, uh, Jason Lawhead has gone to the to the to the games. They those guys do the Rose Bowl, which I don't do. I only did it once. Like that's kind of their thing, and I live on the East Coast, so like Lawhead and Bartnick and Burr and all those guys, they do the Rose Bowl, a big a big kind of cookout and all that. I did it last year, and it was amazing. I just don't know if I could do it every year. I don't think I can. But uh, also Willis Whalen, our buddy, uh, who works at the NFL Network, I mean at the the NFL Players Association, and he's a huge football guy, and he goes to colleges and talks to the up-and-coming class, you know, before they get to the NFL. So what we did was his buddy, Al, who comes. So there's a group of us that every year we pick a football game. Now last year I picked Notre Dame at Notre Dame. I was like, look, guys, if we're going to... Football, college football. How do we not go to South Bend and see the Irish play? How how do you go to? How do you not go to Indiana and watch Notre Dame play against USC? How is that not on the list? So I threw it to them. They were like, "Yeah." Bill was like, "Cool, man. Let's do it." We stayed in Chicago last year. Uh, and then we drove out to the game, and it was everything that we could have ever wanted it to be. It was the one of the—probably, I'll, I'll say, and even the game was amazing, I'll say that that was probably the greatest college football experience I've ever had was uh, Notre Dame at home against USC under the lights. So this year, it was Burr's turn to pick, and Burr was like— um, let's go, he's like, you know, we were like, yeah, dude, you, you honored my thing with Notre Dame, what do you want to do, he's like, oh, we never went to the Swamp, we never saw the Florida Gators play, fine, we're going to watch Florida Gators play, LSU, Burr loves LSU, so we'll watch the Gators play in Florida against LSU, um, so we planned to perform in Atlanta, uh, then Gainesville, and then go to the game on Saturday, and then we all fly home on Sunday, Unfortunately, Hurricane Matthew comes and derails that trip. So what happens with that trip is we fly into Atlanta Thursday. uh, Had an amazing show Thursday night at the Fox Theater, which was amazing. uh, 4,300 people. Shout out to Jamie Bendel, Joe Bartnick, Bill Burr, who were all on the show. uh, You know, it was Bill's show, and Bill's like, I'm throwing you three up. Because Jamie Bendel, who is a um, super funny comic himself and lives in that area... Um, you know, he was like, and he's friends with Bill, and we worked with him, so, uh, Joe was like, yeah, uh, Jamie's coming down, Jamie's gonna host the show, and then me and you go up, and then Bill, you know, does his, you know, runs his uh, hour, everything, and I'm like, this is gonna be great, and it was, Um, I'm doing a bunch of new material that I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I'm, I'm super proud of this new material, and I can honestly say, as as cool as it was to do my album and to have my album do as well as it did. And listen, I'm very proud of my album. I think it's a great, uh, you know, it was a great introduction of me to people that didn't hear me and to hear me in my home club and all that stuff. But I will tell you people one thing right now. Um, and and I'm, I'm, I'm working really hard on it. I'm, I think my new hour is the best stuff I've ever done. I know it is. And I've been told that and I'm just really excited. I'm you know, probably a few months, three to five months away from really getting it where I want to be, and tight, and have the hour right, but, um, that's what I'm working on, that's what I'm traveling, doing, and it's going really great, I'm super happy with the new material, and, and a lot of the chances that I'm taking on stage, which makes it even that much more fun, so I had such a good time, giving the crowd some new stuff, and, um, you know, it was just, it was a great time, Jamie did great, Bartnick killed, I went up, had such a good time doing new stuff, Burr went up, you know, did what he does, and uh, killed, and, and it was just a good time, and then, of course, we went to City Cigar Lounge in Atlanta, which we go to every time we're in town, and it was amazing, we were smoking amazing cigars, having the old fashions, sitting there with a couple of fans, shout out to Jim and his family who came out, man, such great people, um, I gotta say, Atlanta never disappoints me, Atlanta is one of those cities, I'm gonna say top five places that I perform, because A, it's always a great comedy crowd, there's a lot of transplants out there, there's a lot of, you know, people were saying about 70% of the people are from all over the place, so I loved it, I loved it, and again, I loved it, I loved Headline and the Punchline, which it looks like I'm gonna be doing again in March, but every time I go out there, whether it's, you know- just real quick, in and out, one show, or whether I'm headlining for, we just have a great time out there, the food is great, the people are great, I love the city, great cigar lounge, people, you know, people remember you come out, so, um, it was awesome, unfortunately, we had to, you know, we had to, uh, we, we couldn't go, and we were like, delusional about it, we're like, all right, we won't fly, but we'll drive to Gainesville, thinking that while traffic is going the other way, and everybody's getting the hell out of Florida, you know, since our game, is since since the game might still be going on, we're just going to drive through a hurricane, you know, we're going to have, like, tornado. we're going to be like tornadoes, just, like, dodging them, they're, like, picking cars up, spinning them up and shit, and we're just, like, swerving in and out, getting to this game, thinking that we could do that, no, everything was canceled, Um, and, yeah, the Jacksonville airport was, was shut down, and I think uh, thousands and thousands of flights, so, whatever, you know, we're not, we're not going to get killed, because we need to go to a college football game, and, you know, keep it going, we'll keep the tradition going next year, so, uh, that's basically what happened, and it was cool, because I got to perform with my buddies, uh, have a good time, and, uh, you know, come home now, and get to hang with the family, I, you know, I text my wife, I was like, alright, daddy will be home for the weekend, my kids are psyched, and, uh, that's it, so, uh, yeah, it was, it sucks though, because when you have plans, and then we were scrambling, like, the Pentagon, trying to get intel about a terrorist on, like, what other game we could go to. Like, I had Bill looking at this game. I'm going, all right, if we go up to North Carolina, we could get... Willis was looking for... stuff. I mean, we, we turned into, like, the government on a hunt to get, like, the, uh, like a America's most wanted top ten terrorist to find another game. We're like, all right, Tennessee is a two hour, less than two hours away. Let's go up to Tennessee. We'll see. Of course, the volunteers were away. Then we're like, all right, what if we go to Alabama? If we go to Alabama, we could say Alabama away. So all of the teams in the surrounding area were away that we could maybe go west or a little north to get away from the storm. And the only one we might have been able to do was Virginia Tech. It was Va Tech at North Carolina, Chapel Hill. But they still got a ton of wind and rain. And it was just, and finally, you know, um, we just made the executive decision. Bill is like, look, man, let's just cut our losses. And I'm like, absolutely, man, you know. Like, we can't, I mean, by the time we were done, we would have been like, all right, we'll go to Jersey, we'll go see Rutgers. It it just, it didn't make any sense anymore. It was just, we were just, you know, just drawing a straw. It was, it was over. It was over. So, uh, yeah, got on the plane yesterday and came right back. It was like 24 hours in Atlanta. By the way, I know some of you people get a kick out of how my aviation, how I love aviation, and I'm fascinated by it. I'm convinced certain planes take off better than other ones with the engine, I know that sounds nuts, but as somebody who is, was afraid to fly and now really isn't as much, I kind of judge the jet, I judge the pilot, I do the whole, not judging, but like I just, listen, sometimes the greatest pilot in the world can't handle, you know, certain weather and wind, like it's not, it's out of their control too, you know what I mean, so the plane's gonna shake, the plane's gonna shake, I don't care, you know, you have, I don't care, you could have Sully in there, you could have the greatest, you know, military pilot if stuff is rough going up it's rough going up same thing coming down or even during the course of the flight but i'm convinced that the cjrs the cjr 700s and and cjr um, 900s the smaller jets that go from like atlanta to new york or like you know the the quick ones that you go on you know new york to philadelphia stuff like that those planes for some reason just take off and are smoother to me i don't know why i don't know why Although when I flew a seven 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 Delta seven 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 from New York to Italy, it was like glass. I mean, it was like sitting in a hotel that just was floating in the air. It was insane. Um, but man, this land. I, so on my way home yesterday, the 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 takeoff was the smoothest takeoff I've ever had in my life. It was literally, literally, just you didn't even feel it. You just the the the, the nose of the plane went up and you just were float. It was great. Dude, coming down, it was a little shaky, but that didn't bother me. This guy, like, I guess they call them Navy pilots that do it, or I don't know. But this guy, he absolutely, on the landing, he hit the back wheels on the runway really hard. And I want to say it almost bounced. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, it jumped again. I'm, I'm positive of it. Like, it wasn't, or like, maybe it didn't bounce where, like, the wheels came off the ground, but it went down and up. Like, something, when it hit, it was, it hit. And, um, yeah, I didn't love the landing. And the 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 uh, pilot was, um, didn't come out to say goodbye, which lets me know he knows, you know. It's like when a comic bombs. When a comic bombs, I don't want to see the crowd. It's the same thing. When the pilot bombs the, uh, the landing, he just sits in there and acts like he's looking at a clipboard. So I think that's what happened uh, yesterday. So uh, so now I'm home. I have some unacceptables for sure. I'm gonna get into your guys' unacceptables, and uh, and I'm gonna talk some movies and some TV shows too. So here's my unacceptable, and then I will get to yours. Let me make sure that I have your guys ready to go here. I do. Um, I don't know what order I'm gonna go in, but I will. I will. Uh, Get to them in a second. So here we go. All right. I went to the uh, CVS pharmacy in Target. That's where I pick up my my medication. That's where like my family, you know, if my that's where we'll get our stuff from. And I, uh, if you hear any laughing in the background, that's my son is watching his show downstairs. Um. So, anyways, I uh, I go Lucas. You got to be a little quiet, buddy, okay? Um, so, I, uh, and then the funny thing is if he laughs, I love when he laughs, but if he just starts yelling, you know, when kids just, that's the one weird thing kids do is like kid, like you ever just watch a kid and they're sitting there and like, I realize all kids do it. It's not just like, like a kid will just sit there and just be like, ah, and like jump and you're like, what are you, what are you doing? But anyway, see, I could get, I could get distracted. Okay, that's why I'm a comic, because I have too much shit I gotta that I can think about and say. So I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me get to the unacceptable. You guys, okay, what's the unacceptable? You went to pharmacy, Target, yes. And I'm not kidding you. Every time I go to this one, every single time I go, somebody's nice. Okay? The lady in the back, there was like some Russian or like some, I forgot what country she's from, but she helped. She was like, yes, he needs this then that, blah, blah, blah. And she was great. And she understood. Everything and it was great the other people there. Hey, when did you come in like they're really helpful? They really want to get you your medication. They really want you to be have it to be quick for you and everybody's nice until I Met freaking judge dread in this place. I swear to God. I've never ever experienced anything like it was like an SNL sketch It was like an SNL sketch based on like just unhappy employees like it's I'm not even kidding it was that over-the-top I go there and And I'm like, yeah, we got a text message that my medicine is ready. And all of a sudden, the lady like, okay, hold on a second. And then I see her look at another employee. And when she looks at the other employee, she goes, can you take it? Can you get him? And all of a sudden, I hear her go, thank you. And I'm waiting and I can't see. There's a little barrier, you know, like uh, there's a little barrier. So I can't see her just yet, but I know somebody else is coming to talk to me. So I'm just waiting and here in comes this beauty okay i'm not even kidding this woman comes in african american woman hat backwards long like braided pigtails chewing gum looking like she would, wanted to fight me she didn't even look at me she make eye contact She's chewing her gum slowly. It was like at a central casting if they were like, we need the angry African-American woman who chews gum, doesn't look at anybody, and rolls her eyes at everybody. It was literally like that. I'm trying to think of the closest thing that I that, that comes to mind is the movie Friday, Craig's girlfriend, the one that chewed the gum and like rolled her eyes and flicked her hair back, the one that he ended up breaking up with for the other one kind of like her, so if you guys know what I'm talking about, you know, she was the one driving by his house, kept calling him up and stuff, the mother didn't like her, you know what I'm talking about, she had like a Kangol hat on, and she just kept rolling her eyes, chewing the gum, picture that coming up to the thing, she's missing teeth in the front, okay, now listen, I'm not saying that your appearance should not let you get a job, but you cannot be chewing gum, no teeth in front, hat backwards, Okay, and looking angry, she doesn't make eye contact, and she's like, what's the name? And I was like, oh, the name is Paul, Paul Verzi, V-I-R-Z-I, date of birth, and I'm just like, I'm, I, th- at that point, like, the way she was just, date of birth, that's when I knew right there what I was dealing with, that this woman wanted no part of this job, now I start getting pissed, and she goes, you don't have anything in here, like, she was like, happy, and I go, oh, alright, I'm just saying we got a text, is there any way... Nah, I mean, we don't have anything here. And it was so over the top, not caring and angry. And then finally, I, I, she starts walking away. And I say to the other lady, I was like, oh, my wife got a text too saying that my medication, is there like, and then the lady just goes, I mean, they could do it because saying like a refill, it may be time to call in a refill. And I'm just like, how miserable and unhappy are you? Like, what are you talking about? What are you doing? And it was so over the top and it was so bad that I, I, I was like, what just happened? You know, I was like, what just happened? So it was just one of the worst. It was absolutely unacceptable to, to have that, to just, to just, it wasn't even, listen, I've done unacceptables where it was bad customer service. I've done unacceptables where people didn't do their job. This wasn't even, this wasn't even that. This was some, this was somebody who genuinely, I mean, genuinely was upset she was working. Was truly, truly, didn't want to make, icon, like, it, I could not believe, like, I would love to be a private investigator and just see what this person did in her personal time, because it, w- it just looked like, it was one of the worst things I've ever seen. It was absolutely unacceptable. I'll give you another unacceptable I have. I go to the airport. And I love flying out of Westchester because I live in Westchester, so it saves me probably an hour of time uh, going to Westchester instead of going to New York City, because Westchester Airport is like 20 minutes from my house. You know, going to the New York City airports, it could be like you know anywhere from you know hour and 15 to an hour and a half, depending on traffic, uh, and, and Newark, even you know especially Newark, but so I don't have to go to JFK. I don't have to go to LaGuardia. I go to, I go to Westchester. I'm happy. There's like two or three runway, uh, runways. They have, you know, JetBlue, Delta, and American are like the main commercial ones that they have there. Maybe like one or two other ones, but you know, that's it. It's one of those smaller airports, um, that, you know, they're always adding to and making better, but it's just way more convenient. And I'm just sitting there waiting and the plane is delayed a little bit because the, the flight, the prior to us going to, um, Atlanta was delayed. So we had to wait for that thing to go off and then ours to go off. And um, the guy kept messing up, saying that, to, uh, to Detroit and, or to Atlanta, and he kept calling the Detroit flight either Atlanta or Detroit, which confused everybody. But that's not even the unacceptable. The unacceptable is I saw a woman there who not only had her son on a leash, okay, she had the kid on a leash. I'm not even kidding. He was on a leash. But not only was he on a leash, the leash that he was on was connected to her belt, so she didn't have to, like, hold it, so I just see this kid kept falling, and running, and falling, and running, I'm like, what's going on, and it looked like there was just, like, a rubber band attached to him, and he would run, fall, get up, and at first, I'm like, all right, maybe this kid, she needs it, because this kid just has an issue, where he just keeps running, but then I'm like, no, maybe he keeps running, because It's like a game he's now playing because he knows he's strapped down and held captive by his mother. So he's just like, fuck, if I'm tied up, I'm going to just try to release these chains. And it's like, how about every time your son runs away, you grab him by his arms, you look him in the face, and you say, stop it, or I'm going to smack you in the mouth. And you're going to stay here and be good. And if you're not... You're going to be locked in your room without dinner, and you actually do really good parenting and really good discipline to have your child, you know, have manners instead of, you know, hold him with restraints, which is really what you're doing. It's absolutely unacceptable. I don't care what this kid does. That's on the parent to not fuck. what are you, nuts? You're going to just have this yeah, no, just tie him up. That'd be like saying, yeah, we were going to get a babysitter. We're going to duct tape him on the wall. We're just going to hang him up on the wall like a picture. You know, we'll feed him first. It's like, no do it right, you don't You don't take the easy, it's just ridiculous, absolutely unacceptable, first of all, the whole idea of tying your, a leash and all that, whatever, you know, you see it, and people have sent me unacceptables about the leash, this time, what got me was that, it was just tied to her belt, she was just going about her business, this kid's just bouncing off the of walls, absolutely unacceptable, but nothing will top the woman at Target, I swear to God, it was out of central casting, it, it looked as if, like, it, this is what it looked like. It looked like if a Hollywood director was like, "All right, look, you're gonna be completely disinterested in the in the in the customer, okay? I want you chewing gum. Matter of fact, don't even make eye contact with them. That's the message we're trying to portray, okay? When you're, you know, pressing the buttons on the computer, kind of look like you know you don't care about doing it, and and hope that things go uh, bad for the customer, okay? Ready, action. That's literally how it how it felt. All right, so let's see here. All right, let's see. Let's go to your guys' unacceptables here, and um, let's see. Let's see what you got. Here we go. Uh, oh, here's a regular. Okay. Saw. Heen Salani. Salabi. Okay. Verzi, what's up? You get, Is this? Oh, two days ago. You love starting it with this, don't you? Uh Shaheen, you love saying uh, "What's up, you gangster?" Pride to Trent ass motherfucker. All right, all right. <laughs> Happy the podcast is in full swing. While I was at the gym in the morning on Saturday, I put a random Verzi effect. I put on a random Verzi effect, and it ended up being the Dunkin' Donuts chicken salad one. I know I've given you shit before on previous unacceptables, but again, what the fuck is the Verzi? At that moment, I felt as a Verzi effect fanatic. And I had to go see what Master Paul Verzi went through, oh, okay, when he had the sandwich. I live in San Jose, California, and when I looked up uh, where the uh, closest Dunkin' Donuts, it it was an hour and ten minutes away in San Francisco. I said, fuck it, really? Uh, got into my Ford Focus and went to San Francisco with the Verzi effect blasted. Well, thank you so much, dude. I really appreciate that. And I'm serious. That is a true fam. I got to the Dunkin' Donuts and it honestly looked like no one has ever been there in like three years. I walk in and it smelled absolutely, uh, fantastic, surprisingly. Went to the register and told the little white lady working, give me a chicken salad sandwich. She said, what? At that moment, I knew this was going to be bad. I said again, the chicken salad sandwich, and she looked down at her screen and was like, it's gonna be awful, but sure. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Uh, I waited about 10 minutes for it, and when she brought it, it out, it honestly looked comparable to one of, uh, one of Kelly Meyer's shits. Well, I don't know about that, but uh, I took one bite out, one bite out of it, and literally screamed, what the fuck is this shit? And literally gagged. Second time eating chicken. uh, Second time eating chicken salad. Okay, Uh, of it. And literally. Oh, okay, okay. The lady looked at me and was, uh, and was. I fucking told you to get the taste out of my mouth. I went to Seven Eleven and got some Code Red Mountain Dew to rinse my mouth and had five sticks of juicy fruit gum at once. It ended up working out in the end because I went uh, to a hell of a good burrito place and ended up going out, uh, going over to Golden Gate, uh, unacceptable to <laughs> fucking Dunkin' Donuts for letting that bullshit be on their menu, Look, CEO <laughs> locked their CEO in a cage with a killing gorilla <laughs> with his mother screaming, mommy's here, <laughs> also, glad you're back on your feet, Verzi, tough times don't last, but tough people do. Go fuck yourself. Thank you, buddy. Thank you so much. And, um, yeah, I know. I can't believe that you're such a diehard fan and you wanted to see for yourself, so you drove an hour, but I'm glad you got your burrito in San, um, San Francisco. I, uh, actually, Joe Bartnick, um, took me to a place in San Francisco. It's the greatest burrito I've ever had. So we were doing the tour, all-in tour, which is coming back with a surprise guest. There's gonna be a big announcement coming up soon, everybody. That's right, the All In Tour is going to be coming back, um, and we're going to have a good time, so I'll talk about that after, but I was in San Diego, and we went to this uh, burrito place, and I was, like, man, that's a good burrito, and Bartnick's like, all right, listen, that's a good burrito, but if you want a good burrito, that's nothing compared to where I'm going to take you in San Francisco, and he took me to this place in San Francisco, I think it was called like Corona or something, dude, and I had what the burrito was called the wetback because they take the burrito, this giant burrito, and then they put the sauce on top of it. I'm not kidding you. It was the size of a football, and I ate the whole thing. We all, it was insanity. I remember it was such a good burrito, and the taste was so good. I actually still remember, it was a couple years ago, I remember the taste in my mouth right now. I actually remember how the bites tasted with the sauce. That's how good it was. Uh, thank you for the submission, and thank you for the kind words, and thank you for uh, listening to the to the Versey Effect the way that you do. Um, okay, here we go, let's go to the next one, okay, next one, here we go, is from Jason Travis, uh, Jason says, hey, Paul, first of all, I want to say, keep your head up, man, I've been exactly where you are, uh, with the mental state, uh, uh, just keep your head up, man, I appreciate that, and, and I appreciate everybody doing, you know, I'm working through everything, and, and uh, it's, you know, it is what it is, man, life is not easy, but you work through it, and uh, you guys and you fans have been great, I, I didn't realize me being honest about it was going to have so many people reach out, because I, you know, but um, it's funny, because I talked about it on stage, and like 5,000 people, almost 5,000 people in Atlanta got quiet when you talk about it, and I, the look on their face was, wow, I go through that too, You know, so it was, uh, it was, it's, it's been really cool and everybody's been awesome. Um, just found, uh, I just found the God and that, oh, found God and that brought me through and I'm not saying that's the solution for everybody. That's what, that's what's worked for me. Um, yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. And, you know, faith and, 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 you know, people need something and, uh, I totally understand that and, you know, I, uh, you know, believe me, man, I pray. (laughs) So, uh, thank you. Um, so, on to the unacceptable. Um, so, Paul, I live in a Verplank, which is a small town in Westchester, New York. Really? I live in Westchester. And let's just say, in my neighborhood, we're not exactly exactly liberals. Well, I know that. Because um, Westchester has parts that are, but really parts that are not. Um, and that's because there's a lot of money here, and people want to... I don't know what it is, but people are like, you know... it's definitely a different way, I know, Um, I am full, I am a full-on proud redneck, and let me paint the scene for you, I'm sitting on a bus, on the way to work, and the bus has a pass, uh, has to pass through some, let's say, more diverse neighborhoods, so this guy gets on the bus, and sees me in my camo hat, with the confederate flag on it, and my huge shiny belt buckle, wow, uh, and a lip full of dip and my boots and looks at me and says what the fuck you look uh, you looking at honky cracker motherfucker what now Paul you can imagine if the racial slurs were coming from me I would have gotten my ass beat but for some reason it's acceptable the other way around it's unacceptable that there is a double standard when it comes to that he should be locked in a cage uh, and the key should be thrown away That's a crazy story, dude. And uh, thank you for the submission. And that's like, you know, um, I mean, look, there's two things on this one. Uh, First of all, where do you work? um, Where they let you dress (laughs) dress like that? Because that just seems like that seems like a really laid back place where you're. And listen, it is your business. Look, man, it is your business to do and dress how you want, that's the beauty of America, you know, people can do what they want and say it, and whether people agree with it or not, I mean, look, uh, Colin Kaepernick, um, and that's the other thing I wanted to talk about, but, because I sat down with an army veteran, and it was amazing, it was, I, I have to talk about it on the show, and I will, a lot of stuff to talk about on the show today, so sit back, but, um, you know, it's, it's his right, you know, it's his right to do that, and, uh, for Colin Kaepernick I'm talking about, um, you know, is right, is his, you know, look, if that's how he feels, he wants to do it, nobody can tell you, if you want to dress in and wear a confederate flag and do that, and that's, you know, what you do, then you should be able to do that without anybody saying anything to you or coming at you and saying racial slurs like that, um, you know, whether people agree with you or not, okay, whether people agree with how you look, whether people agree with what you wear, whether people agree with your politics or what you think society does or does not need, um, you know, that's a, that's, look, that's, that's gonna happen, but you still should never have anybody, uh, calling you any racial slurs, whether you are black, white, pink, purple, whatever, um, there's no reason for anybody to do that, and, um, it's just really, you know, it's really bad, and there's racial tension going on, but I gotta tell you something, and, you know, A lot of things that we don't know and we don't see, and I think what happens is everybody's life, and nobody looks at it like this, but like this is kind of the logical way to look at it. Everybody's life is different, right? Everybody has gone through things that like, you know, everybody's gone through things that you just kind of are like, okay. Okay. My grandfather told me this, and my father told me this, and I kind of was grown up this way, and this is what I feel, and this is what I'm going to say, and if people don't like it, and then the people that don't like it or disagree with how you were brought up, disagree with what your grandfather and, and father taught you, and then there's this big fight because they grew up maybe the opposite. Maybe their father, grandfather, mother, whoever told them a certain way, and it's completely opposite of yours, and then it just causes this thing, and people don't realize that you kind of got to live and let live and know that everybody is not going to be the same as you, and that's really hard to do. You know, um, I think that what the police are going through too, it's really tough because I think that when there's a chance that you might not go home and see your kids, um, then you act a certain way and with the tension now, I think everybody's on alert. I also think that there are some really bad cops out there that are murdering people and don't care and, and, and I, I think that there are bad seeds, uh, you know, and I talked to this, um, person uh, and it was one of the most fascinating conversations, and I wanted to share it with you guys, and I actually didn't even write this down to talk about, so I'm glad I remembered it, because it was one of the most memorable, um, plain conversations that I've ever had. I don't think I'll ever have a more interesting one or a better one. Now, you guys know that I have always said, uh, and I, I, I believe this truly, okay? I really do truly believe this. So if I sound like a broken record, you don't like it, fuck you. I believe it, and I'm going to repeat it, and I'm going to keep repeating it. Um, soldiers of this country, okay, are the realest heroes, and the realest people, people, there are certain people that have it in them, okay, that they just want to help, they just want to defend, they just want, they, they love their country, and they're willing to die for it, you know, closest to that, that's not, is like people like firemen, like people that like, there are certain people that want to save lives, there are certain people that want to run into a burning building, you know, I'm not one of those people, and I'm not trying to be funny, I'm not, You know, I'll go make those people laugh at a comedy show. I'm not running into a burning building. Fuck that. You want to know why? Because it's burning. Okay? I don't want to get burned. I'm not trying to be a dick here. I don't. I don't want to get burned. You know? Um, I don't want to go into war and have live fucking rounds flying past my head. I'm not built that way. That's why these people are the most magnificent people. That's why these people, you know, it's it's one of, and I've said it before, this is one of the most taken for granted, underappreciated things that people do. It really is. Now, I know there could be bad soldiers, there could be bad cops, there's bad doctors, there's bad pilots, there's bad, you know, there's bad soccer players, everybody, there's not the best of everything, there's hotheads, there's people that do, you know, abuse power and stuff, but, you know, um, I was talking to this guy, and it made me think of this, and we were talking, and he was a very down-to-earth logical, like, he was a type of guy I felt like I was talking to an older version of myself, and he spent 26 years serving our country in the army, And then now, another eight years after he retired, he's kind of a civilian, but he still goes to the West Point Academy, and what he does at the West Point Academy is he teaches like um, computer science to, you know, the technology stuff to the cadets. So the guy's basically still serving his country, and he served his country, his daughter's been serving the country, great guy, and we're just talking, and we're just shooting the shit, and the one thing he was talking about is like, yeah, you know, he's like, sometimes, you know, we're talking about the police, and he was talking about how there are bad apples, But he was also talking about how the media wasn't showing that like one of these guys that recently got killed had a gun on his lap and he had a gun on his lap and they're going, we need your ID. And he's going, all right, I'm getting my ID. And he keeps putting his hand near the gun to get the ID. Now, I didn't even know that. So I just saw a clip from the media and the media just showed, you know, somebody saying, don't shoot my, you know, shoot the the wife. It was one of the wife going, don't shoot him, don't shoot him. But then she was telling the husband, don't you do it because he had a gun on his lap. It's like, I didn't even know that, you know, and I'm not saying what, I'm not even talking about this particular situation where the cops did it is, is right or wrong. What I'm saying is there's things that you don't know, and you want to go home the same way a soldier wants to go home, and um, he was telling me something really amazing about, and, and um, you know, he's talking about how, like, the soldiers got to go through, like, what they call, like, um like, experience learning, and experience learning is, like, You're on a dirt road in Iraq and you see people with a video camera and somebody holding something suspicious like, what do you do? And like there are times where it's like we got to, you know, engage the enemy. And then there are times where, you know, take another road and find out and get intel on what's going on. And sometimes when you're about to engage, you realize, oh, man, we would have made a mistake and killed some innocent people. And that's just really tough when anybody's job is that you know, anybody's job is like the next 30 seconds or 30 yards of our life decision is going to change everything. That's crazy. And that's what's, uh, you know, that's what's going on right now. Um, so anyway, this, uh, this, I'm going to get back to the unacceptables, but this unacceptable that you sent me just reminded me of that, uh, uh, Jason. So you thank again, thank you. You have the right to, you know, do and wear what you say and um, you know whether people like it or not, they shouldn't say things. I mean, you know, I mean, I, obviously, I wouldn't walk around just giving strangers the middle finger and start. But you know, you know, um, yeah. I mean, it's just crazy that, and that could have been a really bad situation. But um, sitting on the sitting on the plane with this guy and him telling me certain things and him telling me what these, like, you know what the army does and how they do try to preserve life, but there are some bad seeds and all kinds of things like that. It just really made me realize that, um, you know, it's not just some guy in a soldier's uniform go, yeah, we're going to go and kill the enemy. It's, it's not that it's not just oh, war. There's like, there's, you know, like if you kill somebody or you kill somebody young, like that stays with you forever, man. And these guys have to make that decision and they do it for the benefit of the country you know, um, and it's an unbelievable, unbelievable sacrifice, he was also telling me things about just how these people get relocated, and, you know, if you have a specialty, and you could do it, like, you need to go, and, and, like, this guy was, like, willing to go to, like, Saudi Arabia, and, like, have his kids go to high school there for his country, um, and just all of these stories, and then he told me some things that I think are basically, like, that I would never say, like class, like not classified, but like, like we got into a really good conversation, he was a fan of comedy, I gave him my album, and we started talking, but we started talking about some heavy stuff, and, uh, he was telling me some things that were awesome, you know, he was just telling me some really cool things, and, um, I was just like, that made me realize, like, what am I complaining about, what am I even, what are you, what are you even doing, you know, like, what are you, what are you doing, like all right so we need to go to the store and get turkey you know it's like what what are we yelling about what are we upset about oh man that movie we wanted to see isn't is sold out so now we got to go see another movie oh man we got to go see that other entertaining movie for 2 hours with a diet coke and air conditioning throwing gummy bears in my head oh that is tough it's like shut up man we have shit to worry about these people are unreal man these people are unreal and you know, I even talked to him about the Kaepernick thing, and and you know, he agreed with me. It's just like, you know, and I said, and you guys know where I stand with the Kaepernick thing. If Colin Kaepernick was the face of that franchise and he was the the head, uh, he was the uh, starting quarterback, this would not be happening. I'll take that shit to the bank, one hundred percent. But again, that's his prerogative. Uh, speaking of my prerogative, I was talking about Bobby Brown, and I said, talk about underrated. I hate to go from soldiers to Bobby Brown. I really do, and I apologize to any soldiers listening to this or anybody in general listening to this. The fact that I just went from speaking of underrated and underappreciated Bobby Brown after talking about soldiers could be my next unacceptable about me. As a matter of fact, it is. I'm going to put it in the category. Okay, unacceptable on my part. That said, On Our Own is one of my favorite songs ever. Okay, my prerogative rules every little step. Dude, Bobby Brown crushed it. And then, so I tweeted, you know, Bobby Brown is underrated, or how good, and they're like, yeah, he took down Whitney Houston, he took down Whitney Houston. It's like, I'm tired of that excuse with people that do drugs. How about Whitney Houston was a grown, able adult who put shit up her nose? You rest her soul, but come on, you know? Oh, he's going to be the downfall. It's like, no, not, like, that's what I don't understand. It's like, you know, how, how long do you have to be told since you're in first grade or kindergarten drugs are bad for you? Drugs are bad for you and they will kill you. Don't do them. And then, oh, it's his fault. Stop it. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Uh, Here we go. Uh, This one is from Saran Rahal. I hope I got that right. I hope I got that right. Hi Paul, uh, not really much of an unacceptable. Just thought it was amusing during the movie Magnificent Seven. Good film, seen it three times now. Better than the original. It cuts out a third of the way through due to a power cut. A guy a few rows down wipes uh, wipes. Oh, I'm sorry, guy a few rows down whips out his laptop and starts surfing the internet. He sure came prepared. Uh, oh, and he showed me the picture of it. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. There's two unacceptables here. One, you're watching a movie. It looks like a nice theater, though. You're watching a movie, and the power cuts out, and then, at least you saw it multiple times before, and then some nerd was, like, ready, and he just whips out a a computer. That's hilarious. Thank you for the submission. That's very funny. Okay. Um, let's see here. What else we got? Um... Let's see what we got going on here with... Uh, oh, wait. I missed some of these. I'm sorry. And I got to see what time it is because I, I got stuff to talk about on this one. So let me go to Twitter here. If you send something and I didn't get to it, just send it again. I will get to it. I will get to it. Um, but let's see if I got some unacceptables for you guys on here. And if not, I have to... Okay, this is from Josh at Josh Wazzoni. Josh, um, W-A-Z-O-N-I-E. Uh wear, uh, Paul Rosie wear flip-flops, hashtag animal, what is that, though? Oh, I gotcha, somebody said they're coming to see me in Saratoga, and they should wear Jordans, and, uh, this guy said wear flip-flops, hashtag animal, hashtag unacceptable, yeah, I think, uh, flip-flops at any, uh, anything is... Other than, like, if you're on the beach. Like, I, I think you can even wear flip-flops out to dinner if you are at the Jersey Shore and the place is, like, on the water and everybody was just at the beach. I don't think you need to go home and put a tuxedo on, but it's still, flip-flops It's still just, it, it is a little bit, it's a little bit much. All right. Uh, this one is from Blair Stewart at Good Stewart 17 At a bus stop when I see a massive lady pull cigarettes from her ass crack cleavage, would have been bad enough. Uh, hashtag unacceptable. Um, let's see what else we got. All right, is that it? Because I got. I mean, I got. I got to talk about these. <clears throat> these these movies I saw, or these shows, these Netflix. Netflix is getting me. Um, all right, if I missed an unacceptable on Twitter or the email, guys, just uh, get me get me back, and I will definitely definitely watch. Uh, I mean, read it uh, next time sure. All right. I just have a bunch of stuff. Thank you guys for the submissions. Again, send your unacceptable to unacceptables for that's the word spelled out. F O R unacceptables for T V E at gmail.com. And I will read them to you guys. Um, some people also sent some stuff that they said, don't read this cause it's not an unacceptable, but you know, talking to me about some things. Also guys, I'm getting hit up with advertisement opportunities. If you guys have a show, if you guys have a, a store, if you guys have a website, if you guys have any kind of service or if you know somebody that does um, and you want TVE and the Versi Effect podcast to shout it out, you know, I will do it um, 100%. Reach out to me. You could also send that email to inquire about that at uh, unacceptables for tve at gmail because uh, I get all of my anything from the show email goes to that. And then I'll just separate them. So if you have that, uh, people are hitting me up. Yes, I still am looking at advertisers. Always looking at advertisers. Always looking to have a good fit too. You know, like I don't think I would, you know, I don't think I would have certain products on here. You know, I don't, I don't know if I would be talking about certain things. But if it makes sense for the show, and it has to make sense for the people that listen, you know, to my show. So hit me up for sure. And we could talk about it. Uh, and we'll see if it makes sense for both of us. Now let's see where we are. Oh man, ten minutes left. Yeah, this one's gonna. This one's definitely gonna go over an hour. So, here we go. Um, let's get into these movies. Okay, so one actually one is a documentary movie, which is the Amanda Knox one, which I saw, and the other one is Narcos season two. So I'll talk about Narcos season two first, and then I will talk about the Amanda Knox thing. All right. So, this is fun, isn't it? Isn't this fun? I hope you're sitting back smiling, going, did this podcast just, you know, just delivers, doesn't it? I mean, come on, guys. I'm sitting here, 50 minutes just went by. I felt like I just sat down. I mean, I told you I was going to give you some shit on this one. And I'm giving you some shit on this one because I feel it. Believe me, there have been some bad shows. I know. There was a couple, maybe like three ago or four ago. There was one where halfway through, I was like, no, you just did this one, you don't you don't have the juice. And then I picked it up in the end. And then there are some that I'm like, this podcast, these people are lucky they're listening to it. And I feel that way on 275. Now, um, Narcos Season 2 was so much better than Season 1, and I liked Season 1. I thought Season 1 was good. Um... I actually heard Kevin Hart say how good it was and how it's the best show. And it reminded me, oh my God, I saw season one. And I didn't realize that after season one, I didn't realize that they were doing it again. So when I saw the end of season one and they were kind of just like walking through the woods or whatever. And, you know, or, or, you know, getting out of the, escaping the prison. I'm thinking, all right, it ended that way. And then you just have to know that he died or whatever. And then Kevin Hart, I hear him go... Narco is the best show I've on TV and I go oh my god Narco season 2 came out and I mean guys I binged watched this shit in 3 days. I watched 10 hours like I would do a show in the city and rush home. Like I didn't go to another club to hang out. You know sometimes you do a spot and you're like, uh, all right, I right, I'm gonna, I did a spot. I'm going to go run over to this place. My boy's over here. Say what's up. You know, just be around it. Network a little. Not even network because, you know, they, I know the people at the club. But it's just more of like, you know, I live an hour away. So I'm going to make the most of my time when I'm down there. So if I do a 930 spot at the stand or New York Comedy Club, I'll run to the other one. Say what's up. Or just see what's going on. Not during Narcos. I went. I did my work. And I got in the car. I flew home. And I was doing like three episodes a night. Four episodes a night you know, uh, going to bed late, but just so intrigued by it, the, uh, I was just talking, like, I just wanted to, like, I was learning Spanish, man, I just wanted to talk Spanish, like, there were scenes where they were talking, just be like, tistaro, muy bien. and I was just like, this is fucking awesome, I would just, dude, I would be walking around my house being like, do, de and I was just like, mumbling shit, just that, that sounded familiar um, it was just, oh my god, I just wanted to just to, you know, it was insane, it was so good and intense, and you're just like, oh, they're gonna get him, they're gonna get him, because you know they get him, and, um, I thought the acting was good, you know, and here's what bothers me about narcos, people are like, well, his son actually said it didn't go down like that, or, oh, I know somebody, and she said that, you know, He knew, she knew somebody that knew him. Listen, I don't care if every fact of the thing, it's it's entertainment, okay? The bottom line is you can Google stuff or you could YouTube real footage of the real thing that happens. And I got to tell you, in the Escobar thing, where his body was, was identical to how it looked. Um, A lot of the things did happen, but of course there's going to be dramatization. Of course there's going to be added Hollywood stuff. Of course there is. It's show business and you got to have people intrigued. You can't do everything. You know, you can't do like, well, he actually just went to the store and got a cigarette that time and went back. He didn't really go and hide out and do that. It's like, okay, fine. I want to see that because that's, that's kind of the, the intrigue. Like everyone's got to be so literal. Didn't really go down like that. First of all, his son is going to not say anything. He loves his father, you know, and it's a show. You got to take it for what it is. It's a TV show, but I'll tell you the acting is nuts. And there's just scenes that bring you back to the eighties and early nineties. They got their members only jackets and they're in some kind of like dark police station and with the lighting and, you know, they pull out a bottle of whiskey from the draw and they pour themselves a splash and they throw it back and they're always just smoking, talking about how to get this guy, where to get this guy and they're always missing the guy and the guy was always a step ahead and he's running with his family and his wife going underground tunnels and stuff and shootouts. I mean, it was awesome. And I'm talking to some comedians about it, like, yeah, but I heard it wasn't really, uh, Exactly like that Well how about this He was a drug lord Who got shot And caught by the cops And it took him A very long time For them to get him He did hide out He did have escape routes And all that stuff So how about I have that in my head And I watch something That's entertaining Can it be that ever Can it ever be that Does every Does everything Have to be You know Well technically He did take a shit That day So you know I mean I heard He actually took a shit On Monday And the documentary Said Thursday I can't really You know I can't really get with that If it's not it's, it's, Shut up you know, so, um, but I loved it, I loved it, and there's only two seasons, one and two, and um, they're 10 They're ten, ten, episodes a piece for an hour, and just, I mean, riveted, like, I was just, I was just riveted, I was just sitting there, like, I could watch this, I could just continue watching this, you know, just the things that he went through, and how his wife was like, I can't live like this, and he was like, and the crazy thing was, you know, all of the th- awful things that went on, and the bombings, and the shootings, and the killings, and all that stuff, like, the guy loved his family, so it's just, it was just, it was really, really intriguing, and, uh, um, okay, yeah, hold on one second, hey, buddy, we're gonna go, we gotta go take the dog, too, in a little bit, so anyway, uh, check out Narcos season two, the acting was great, the things that were happening, and they really had the people of his, um, they had the people on his crew, like, you know, the same kind of character names and, like, what they did and the parts that they played and, you know, just the whole thing, just, like, the threats and the fear in the country and all that stuff in Colombia, but um, it's, I think it's an absolute must. If you have Netflix, you have to watch it, you know, if, you know, um, it's, it's really good. Now, the other one I saw, uh, the other one I saw last night, that was really weird. I'm looking out the window, right, right now, On the top of my thing, I just saw something like white fall. But like, I guess, it was like either like a big bird shit, I think. Because I just literally just was like, like, when do you look out the window, you just see like a white, like, smear thing just fly down. Anyway, um, see, that's a sign. That was a sign from the gods. Going is a Great Podcast. No, the Amanda Knox story, okay. Um, Giannis, because I was talking to Giannis about Narcos at the stand. And I was like, dude, because we were both on the uh, 8 o'clock show. On uh, Wednesday, and I was like, "Dude, did you see Narcos?" And he's like, "Nah, but I heard." He's like, "You know, my girl loves it." I go, "Dude, you gotta see Narcos season two. It was just awesome, you know." And um, and uh, then he's like, "All right, cool. Did you see the Amanda Knox thing?" And I was like, "No." So last night, um, you know, I got home. My my wife Stacy just went to sleep early. She, you know, sometimes she'll just fall asleep to the Big Bang Theory on TV. I, I can't, I can't do it. So, um, she starts falling asleep, and I was looking for the remote, and the remote was downstairs on the big, uh, the bigger TV, the, the family room, so I was like, I'm just gonna go there, and I sat there, and I was like, oh, the Amanda Knox thing, and I was like, is it, how many episodes is it, and it was like, no, an hour and a half, hour and 32 minutes to watch it, and I watched it, and, uh, man, was I in. I was kinda tired, too, and, you know, having this back and neck issue, I, you know, I'm having all kinds of back pain, so I'm, you know, taking, like, uh, Advil PMs at night, you know, for my back and I took two Advil PMs last night, and still, I didn't, it didn't put, like, I still just stayed up for the, for the doc, um, you know, if you've been under a rock, you don't know what it is, uh, but, you know, people know that this was the girl who, you know, went overseas for school, had a roommate in Italy, couple weeks, a roommate ended up dead, Then, you know, they kind of, the investigators came in, put it on her, but then she got off and she's free now and stuff. But I got to tell you, man, the investigator was awesome and I think he said things that made a lot of sense. Um, I think that the guy that's in jail now definitely took part in it and had had part of it, but I got to tell you, I don't, like, this is one where I I don't know cut and dry, but I got to tell you, the fact that she went back so the night that it happened apparently she was at her boyfriend's house which was like in the same area where she lived with her roommate and she just started dating this guy and they were like together or whatever but the part that gets me is I could not imagine walking to my house like so she woke up in the morning and went home and she said she went home to shower or whatever but the part that's crazy and and listen you don't know how you're going to react so I don't want to you know I don't want to say somebody that's innocent did something but it's like when you go home and you see your front door open, and then there's, like, glass, and I don't know if she saw the glass, but, like, nothing was taken, nothing was stolen, or whatever, which is also weird, and that's what the investigator was saying, but I don't know, I mean, like, I, I'm a man, like, I'm a man, you know, I'm not even a, a young, I mean, this is a woman in another country, okay, this is a woman in another country, going to her place, she was totally foreign to, and walking home with a, you know, and, has a new roommate that she doesn't really know other than a couple weeks or whatever. The door is open. You go to the bathroom. You see drops of blood, and you still shower. Like, dude, I'm a grown man. I would walk in and be like, yeah, nah, I've got, you know, the, the door is open. And, like, I the first thing I would do is go knock on my roommate's door and be like, yo, did you, what's, is everything okay? I wouldn't just walk in, see blood, and be like, ah, I'm going to shower. You know, just like not really know, like that's like, like the first thing you got to do is get to the root of that problem of why the door's open, where's your roommate, what's going on, instead of like just going about your day. That's the one thing that I'm having an issue with, a big issue with you know, um, it just doesn't seem, it just seems to me like, so it's super intriguing, and then they say that the, you know, investigators, they botched the investigation, and they contaminated it with the DNA, and the DNA on the knife was contaminated, so it it doesn't necessarily mean she's there, so then she gets acquitted, and then like eight years later from the murder, they also had the Supreme Court acquitted them, saying that it was just a complete debauchery of, of the, um, of what the investigator in Italy did but the investigator in Italy also said something interesting where uh in in murder with women they covered a body with a blanket a lot of times and uh, men don't and i thought that that was interesting i thought that that was an interesting fact you know that you know that that can can even be you know like i didn't even i wouldn't even think of that but he was just saying all kinds of stuff now again you don't know if he's saying it see that's the thing you don't know if he's saying this because that's what he thinks, and his his investigation was the one that they said was wrong, so now he's, you know, acting like, no, this is what it is, and he's trying to persuade people in the documentary that he was right, that could be, but the one thing that did happen, the constant through the whole thing is going home with your front door open, seeing some blood, and still, like, showering, like, I don't, I don't understand how that could be, You know, but then again, maybe in her defense, since nothing was really stolen and she didn't see anything, the door just came open and she figured the roommate's sleeping and she's just going to go shower and then go back to her boyfriend. I don't know, but um, it raises a lot of questions. It's super, super interesting and uh, it's only an hour and uh, 32 minutes long. So that's another one that I would definitely, definitely see, especially if you're into that crime stuff and you don't want to watch it 15 times, like making a murder or whatever. Um... By the way, I heard making a murder. I heard he was out. Is that I don't even know if that's true, but um so that those are two. Narco season 2 is an absolute must and the Amanda Knox thing is really really interesting. I think people will uh will like it. I think you'll have opinions on it. Write to me, write to the show about it. And uh, I'll definitely talk about it on the, you know for sure. We'll talk about it on the show. Um and you know, see what you guys think or see if you know, the nice thing about doing this is there's always somebody that knows a little extra you know, like when for example, when I did the making a murderer, Kelly Meyer is out there, you know, from that County, he knew more things. So he was able to reach out and be like, Oh, just so you know, man, like, you know, and he was telling me things like, you know, that, that people that he knew and people, um, you know, that, that knew the victim rest her soul and all that stuff. So, um, Teresa Halbach, which is, is just terrible, but he knew people and he was just telling me things about what was going on in that county and in that courthouse of people that he knew and he always knows something, so I mean, I'm not saying anybody's going to know what was going on in that place in Italy, but just, you know, any little like information, like somebody's like, oh, did you see the interview with so and so, and I'm like, no, and then I could I could look at it, so hit me up, uh, again, uh, unacceptablesfortve at gmail.com, see those two though, um, and I'll tell you what though, don't see Narcos if you just quit smoking because I, I mean, I wanted to go, just go buy a pack of parliaments, and just, you know, start pouring uh, uh, some scotch, you know, I I, literally, I was just, I was like, should I be a part-time, I think I'm gonna be a part-time investigator, and just drink scotch, and smoke cigarettes, trying to, like, solve stuff in my neighborhood, before I do stand-up, like, that's, that's how into it I got, uh, it's just ridiculous, uh, sports, uh, what, what's going on in sports, not much, you know, the Mets lost the wild card, which I gotta be honest, I don't care. Met fans and my friends that were Met fans, the, the arguments we got into in the '90s about the Yankees and Mets makes me not care when they lose. I'm a Yankee guy, so you know, and that's what happened, everybody. When you don't have Mariano Rivera, okay? I know this guy familiar. He's he's you know you could lose a game, but look, that's why Mariano Rivera was as v- valuable as as Babe Ruth. And I said that. Mariano Rivera is the most valuable New York Yankee since Babe Ruth. Period. Period. I will fight that to the end. Okay, yeah, Jeter, great. These guys, great. You know, Yogi Berra, rest his soul, great. All those guys. All of them. But nobody, nobody took over a game and dominated. Nobody had the intimidation to know the game was over. And Jamie Bendel out there in Atlanta, shout out to you, Jamie. He made a great, great point. He goes, not only, you know, is is he's so good that, you know, and his confidence and his pitch is so good and the way that he could dominate batters. But what does it do for the confidence of his team knowing he's coming in? What does it do to the opponent knowing he's coming in? That Enter Sandman starts to play, that Metallica starts to play. You come in, it's like Tyson coming in the ring in 87, 88. It was over. And that's the thing you need. So Met fans, whoever hated on Mariano, start thinking about that. You need that guy. You need a guy like that. I'm sorry you lost, but hey, you know, think of all those smiles you had when the Yankees lost. Think of all the hate you did on the Yankees. What do you want me to do now? Uh, And and the Giants, man, the Giants. um, You know, I'm not, I'm not like panicking about them just because like we didn't have Rogers Camardi, we didn't have Eli Apple. You know, we were we were banged up. We had a bunch of guys in the in the defensive backfield out that which I'm I'm surprised that we didn't try to Rogers Camardi was dressed and we we just we wanted to go in there. Also, we went against probably the best defense in the league and it looked like it looked like um, the Giants could could still have a chance to win. You know, it, it really did. It looked like the Giants were you know, Eli was throwing the ball away. You know, he was confused by the defense. You could tell he was calling audibles like crazy. He, You know, I think you could tell he knows how many times they sack people. He didn't want to have that game where he gets sacked six times and gets his head, you know, screwed loose the way, you know. Remember that year Cutler played the Bears? I mean, Cutler played the Giants and the Giants sacked him like six times and he, he wasn't the same for the rest of You know, Eli went in there. You could tell with uh, all the talk of how, you know, Crazy the defensive line and getting the sacks was and all that stuff, purple rain and all this. You know, Eli was like, I'm not going through that. So he's throwing the ball away a little bit. He was but was still in the game. But here's the big problem, everybody. There is a big, big red flag with the Giants, and it is called Odell Beckham Jr. Because the way this guy is having meltdowns, the way this guy is crying, the way this guy is saying he's not happy playing football anymore the way he is pouting on the sideline and all upset and fighting with people and these defensive backs now because of Josh Norman, the, the word is out on the street, the word is out in the league, how to get to him because you can't beat him physically, so you get in his head. And I see a really big problem, a really big potential problem with the Giants now. You know, we were one play away from being 3-0 and against the Redskins. They were playing a Super Bowl for themselves. They were playing for their lives you know they can't go 0 and three. We made a couple mistakes. I know we had a couple of big time penalties, and we were still in the game. They end up beating us by a field goal at the end of the game, and whatever. So we go from almost being three and zero to now going into this place and fine. Two and two is whatever, but to see that your star wide receiver is out of his mind, can't handle things. Eli's already making comments about it. He's making comments. I just hope that this doesn't turn into, well, they gotta cut him and he, they gotta release him and he's gotta go somewhere. I hope it doesn't come to that. So it's just really looking bad though. So look, I'll take the loss against one of the best defenses out there while we have so many defensive guys hurt or banged up or just, you know, I'll get I get that. What I'm worried about is is now the offensive chemistry gonna change. You know, because offense is what we have. We could put up a lot of points. Is that going to change? So that's what I'm worried about. I hope that's not the case. And, of course, the New York Knicks, I'm getting ready. I know people are like, oh, they didn't look good. Of course they didn't look good. They just started playing with each other. Give it some time. That's, that's the thing I hate. People just so quick to go like, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know right now. This doesn't look. It's like, yeah, yeah it's, it's it's October, you know, 7th. Relax. Um. So, anyway... Uh, that's the show, everybody, but let me get into some plugs, I got some really cool stuff coming up that I wanted to talk to you guys about, okay, so coming up this week, guys, I will be headlining at the Comedy Works Comedy Club in Saratoga Springs, New York, so I'll be in Saratoga at the Comedy Works this week, October 12 through 15. Check those shows out, I'm doing the new hour there, I'm really excited about it, and, um, you know, so, if you're local, man, come out, if you saw me out in Albany, uh, open for Burr at the Paramount, come out, I'm going to be doing a whole hour, and I'm really looking forward to that, that is this Wednesday through Saturday, October 12th through the 15th, Comedy Works in Saratoga Springs. Also, I will be uh, the comedian for the Hangover Pub in Worcester, Massachusetts, um, Way of Life Tour. So what these guys are doing is they're working, they're, they're doing, um, they're doing something with the charity fight, which is one of the largest charities to fight opiates and the addiction of opiates, okay? And what they're doing is the way of life tour is the, um, this bar, the hangover pub in uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. It's amazing. They cook everything with bacon. They have great cocktails. It's an amazing place. I was there with my son. They gave it burgers, bacon. It's awesome. So what they're doing is they are going to four cities, And they are bringing uh, myself as the comedian. They are bringing a singer who was from The Voice. This guy, Sammy, who just crushes it. They're bringing a tattoo artist from California who did all the tattoos for the band Sublime and Sublime's album and all that. This guy's, like, really known. So they're doing a raffle for a a, a tattoo from him. They're bringing an amazing chef from the pub, an amazing bartender from the pub. Um, So it's going to be comedy, music, a raffle, food and drinks, And it's going to raise money for the charity fight. I'm very proud to be a part of it. And uh, these are good guys. Um, So, what we're going to do is we are going to go to Providence at the uh, Fetty Music Hall in Providence on October 20th. We are going to be in Portland. uh, No, I'm sorry. Troy, New York. Troy, New York at the TAC House. October 22nd. Okay? Portland, Maine at the Port City Music Hall the 27th, and Salem, Massachusetts, the day before Halloween, on the 30th, at Rockefellers. So, uh, the music hall, Fetter Music Hall, in um, Providence, Rhode Island, on the 20th of this month, the Tack House in Troy, New York, on the 22nd, um, the Port City Music Hall in Portland, Maine, on the 27th, and Rockefellers in Salem, Massachusetts, the 30th, that is for the way of life tour with the uh, hangover pub in Worcester, Massachusetts, there's going to be music, comedy, raffles for tattoos, good food, great drinks, and it's for a great cause for the charity fight, there'll also be local comics from the area opening up, doing some time before me, and we're going to have a great time, so check those out, again, guys, and it's on my website, you can see the dates on my website, Providence, Rhode Island on the 20th, Troy, New York on the 22nd, um, Portland, Maine on the 27th, and on the 30th, Salem, Massachusetts. Okay, you could see all the venues, dates, times on my website. You could also go to thewayoflifetour.com, um, but check those out. And um, yeah, and I'll be in Toronto in November. I'll talk about that on the next one. But uh, thank you guys for listening. Follow me on Twitter at Paul Verzi. That's V I R Z I um, check out the website, paulverzi.com. Hope to see you at an upcoming show. Hope everybody has a good time in between. And until the next episode, I am out of here. Thank you.